0: I think some of the most inspiring people are the ones who have very mundane jobs and they still make the world around them a better place. Like Those people I find very inspiring.
1: Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Clare. Hey there, kiddies, and welcome on back to Lions of Liberty, the 289th episode of Lions of Liberty to be exact. That means you can find today's show notes. And I really want you to go to the show notes because there's going to be some important information over there. You can find those at lionsofliberty.com slash 289. That's where you're going to get some information about a very special project. Uh, and that's going to make some more sense to you after today's interview. I don't want to give too much away just yet. So let's get going, shall we? My guest today is the founder of Donor C, an amazing app which is revolutionizing the way charitable donations can be delivered directly to the people who need them around the globe. This app was even used in coordination with the listeners of last week's guest, Tom Woods, his program to build a house for a widowed grandmother in need. I'm so excited to find out more about it with my guest today. I am pleased to welcome in Mr. Gret Glyer. Gret? Are you ready to roar? I
0: am. Let's do this.
1: All right, man. Now, Grant, we'll talk more about Donor C and just how this app works in a bit. But you know, first, I want to find out a bit more about how you got here. How did you first become interested in helping people all over the world? This is not something your average American, your average millennial dedicates themselves to, but you have. So, how did this all start for you?
0: Yeah, I think I graduated a few years ago, 2012, from college, and I, w- I was working like a corporate nine to five job, and I was looking for something more meaningful than that. I was, I was. Renting, I was doing this like management track, renting cars to people uh, at enterprise, and. I was, like, learning a lot, and it was kind of interesting, um, and there was, like, really great upward mobility, and I was getting paid pretty well and all that stuff, but it was just not very fulfilling for me. So I I just started asking myself a bunch of questions, like, how do I, in 20 years from now, what do I want to have, like, look back on my life and say, oh, this is, you know, this is what I've contributed, and I didn't want that, the answer to that to be, oh, like, I've rented thousands and thousands of cars to people, or I've facilitated the renting of cars to people, That wasn't what you
1: wanted on your tombstone, successfully rented 20,000 cars to people (laughs) who, who were having a nice weekend.
0: Uh huh. And I also, I also was uncomfortable with the idea of being so replaceable. Like I remember that I, I left Enterprise fairly quickly. It was like a, it was like a three day thing where I like quit, and, and then three days later I was like not even at the job anymore. And it was very easy for them to like replace me and keep the business going. Um, and that was such a contrast to when I moved to Malawi, and, and I found that my presence was was very valuable there and it was like, I was able to change people's lives and and save people's lives in a lot of situations. And so, uh, that was that was the contrast that kind of helped, helped me make that decision.
1: And of course not that we're saying there's anything wrong with working at Enterprise, that from all accounts they're a fantastic company and have a, a great program to help <laughs> people move up, but it wasn't for you. You, you realized it wasn't going to be what, what fulfilled you and what, what made you feel like you left your mark on the world. Was that pretty much what it was?
0: Yeah, and you people can do whatever they want, and I, I think especially um there, there's all sorts of ways that you can be involved in your community even if you have just like a regular job. I think some of the most inspiring people are the ones who have very mundane jobs and they still make the world around them a better place like those people I find very inspiring possibly more than the people you see like on billboards or anything like that
1: let's talk a little bit more about how you ended up in Malawi specifically was that was that a specific program you applied for
0: yeah so I was looking for just any opportunity to get over to Africa for like I just felt really called like I want to go to Africa and the opportunity that presented itself was um, teaching math at this school called African Bible Colleges it's called ABC Academy and um I was able to go over there and teach high school math to like some international kids.
1: Very cool. So well, when you first arrived to Malawi and and the, specifically the the school and the area that you were going to be staying, what was the most jarring thing you saw that was there something that really woke you up to the extent of the poverty that that people there were living in?
0: When I first got there, it was kind of interesting. Uh I was actually surprised by how nice it was. I was, when I I was like on the plane going to Africa, you know, I'm thinking like, we're going to, I'm going to be like staying in a hut. And there's gonna be no hot water or Wi-Fi or anything. I don't know. Gonna
1: bathe in mud every day. Yeah, exactly.
0: I I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but I wasn't expecting like grocery stores and uh, like a nice campus where I stayed and uh, I, or Wi-Fi. I mean, the Wi-Fi wasn't good, but there were like we were able to get on, on the on the internet and I had hot water. I had all this normal stuff, so I was I was surprised by that at first. Um, and then it wasn't for like about two months when I, I went out into a rural village and uh, a friend of mine his. Name Name is blessings. He grew up in one of these rural villages, and uh, he took me out to, out there, and he introduced me to this lady named Rosina. Who, I mean, she hadn't eaten for a week; she was skin and bones, and she needed a house, and uh, she was like she was homeless. And I, when I when I met her, that experience of, of meeting her and shaking her hand, and just like having what people describe as extreme poverty, like being face to face with that, that was that that was that jarring experience that. Um, that really helped me realize uh, that the rest of the world lives a very different life than I had so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to hear statistics about poverty or to see, a, you know, a touching commercial, you know, with, with some, maybe even some video of, of African children in need, but I, I imagine it's a completely different thing when you're actually physically meeting a human being who has not eaten in a week. I mean, that's just gotta just tear at you.
0: Yeah, it does, and it puts a like a great sense of responsibility uh like so immediately i knew that this lady rosina needed a house but i also knew that she needed food and i i don't you know there's all there's all sorts of uh questions about like how do you help appropriately and so forth but i mean she hadn't eaten in a week and this lady was starving and she's a widow i mean she's very very vulnerable i asked blessings like i mean what we can get her food how much food does she need how much is it going to cost And he said well let's get her a month's worth of food and i said sure how much seven bucks so i was like okay, done, like $7 to feed this lady for a month, I can do that. And so realizing uh, that some of the the price discrepancy right seven dollars is like um, a chipotle burrito here in the states but seven dollars is actually a month's worth of food for a lot of people in the world
1: that is just mind-blowing i mean you, you can get a an extra large latte out here in la for for more than seven dollars and that same amount and we'll talk about how i mean you could probably go on your on the donor C app and help feed somebody for that same amount uh for, for what people do every day just you know Without even thinking about it, just buying a latte or, like you said, a Chipotle or whatever, amazing. To I mean, did that just what did, what did that get get your mind thinking when you realized this? What is such an insignificant amount of money for so many people here in America could actually help somebody for that amount of time?
0: I remember thinking like, why does no one know about this? That
1: was the, that was
0: the thing I kept thinking about. I was like, this is insane. So we went on to build her a house. The house that we built her it was like it had like a tin roof and it had cement floors which is considered a luxury in these villages and the house cost 800 dollars, which is how much my last my iphone cost is how much my last ipad cost um so we built her a house and i was like how come people don't know about this like this is this is insane um and and that was yeah that was my first that was my first thought like this is crazy that people just don't like, in America, they just don't know. Like, I didn't know about it until I was, like, face-to-face with it and asking questions there, like, in person. Um, and it, it it got me thinking a, a few things. And, you know, this was, like, th- there's this journey that went along with it. But basically, I started wondering, wait a second, why aren't charities, like, talking about th- – like, this, this? it would be so easy to get donation dollars if you start talking about these prices. Um, but charities don't do that for some reason. And, and so some of that was, was – interesting to think through.
1: Was it that experience specifically, or maybe similar experiences you had with helping people that, that eventually inspired the creation of Donercy?
0: Yeah. I mean, there was, there's a number of experiences like that. There, I, I was talking, I was, I had a, I was having dinner with a, a friend last night and I was telling her about, um, there's this one kid named Sylvester and he's, he's like a 14 year old boy. The first time I met him, he was crawling around like crab walking and, um, he had this like, bandage around his shin and I asked uh, the people I, I was with they asked if they could see like what was wrong with his shin so we started unwrapping it and when he got to the when he got to his leg um, he had this like really disgusting gash and you could actually see a good chunk of his bone like that's how deep this gash was and um then it turns out like that was one problem plus he's got like some bone deficiency so he's walking around on i say all fours but he's like crab walking like that's just where he goes he doesn't have a wheelchair he has no form of transportation there's just this kid living in this village and i remember meeting sylvester and just being like his life doesn't have to be this way um the there's actually like there's even like programs in malawi to get kids like Sylvester surgery for free but the family that Sylvester was a part of they couldn't even afford the bus ticket to take them from the village to the hospital I mean that's that's the type of extreme poverty they're living in and so learning about these all of the there's just like this disconnect where like people need just small amounts of resources that will drastically transformed their lives there, there's this other story about this girl emily who's who's an orphan now because her mom died because uh she couldn't afford the 20 dollar bus ticket to take her to the hospital and so she just she spent six months in her village just getting sicker and sicker and sicker and then died and then her father took off and now this little girl emily who i saw every friday when i went went out to these villages to play soccer um she was an orphan and i was like she does not have to be an orphan it was 20 dollars, like this this type of it's insane that this this stuff is happening and there are very simple ways to to take care of it. It's, it's just a matter of funneling a small amount of resources to the right place at the right time.
1: So it sounds like a lot of the cases, even when there is a, say, a facility, a hospital that's able to do surgery or able to, you know, maybe keep someone alive who's sick, a lot of times it's just that simple, there's a disconnect between the where the charity is or just where the hospital is and actually getting a human being there. There was no method of sort of connecting those two dots. Is that about right?
0: Yeah, I mean that's 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 almost always the case, and there's lots of situations where you know a, a more um, where it, it requires a lot more work and a lot more effort to lift a society out of poverty right so like my last year in malawi one of the things we did was we built i crowdfunded a hundred thousand dollar girls' school and we we put this girl school in the middle of this rural malawian villages and 120 of the like the most vulnerable girls from the area came and and they're getting an education because malawi has one of the worst um gender parity gaps in the entire world and so like there are times when infrastructure is really important and and investing in that is very important. But at the same time there there are like what you what the way you described it, there are just like lots of disconnects um, and that, that require not not much to, to drastically change people's lives.
1: So when did that light bulb go off? When did you kind of put this all together and have that brainstorm, have that idea to create this app donorcy?
0: Yeah so I mean, everything is like this slow moving process. When I look at my life over the last four years, so, you know, there was, we built that house for Rosina and we took pictures and I sent that back to the donors. And that was like one of the first times that I had done something like that. And I was like, and, and the donors like loved it. It was like, oh, wow, I get to see like this lady whose house I built, like it's very meaningful to them. And they felt like they were connecting with this person on the other side of the world, um, who you know? It's like it's. It was just such a unique experience for them to to be able to connect and make an impact in someone's life like that in that way. And so I had these like little experiences here and there. And then I remember one time I was having just like a conversation with someone, and um, they were asking me like, "What I want to do long term?" And I said, "What well, I at some point I I've had this idea, and I don't even remember. How, I don't I don't know. Is the whole like light bulb moment is hard to describe? It's kind of like ethereal, but um, I remember telling." Telling them that like someday I would love to start a tech company. I would love to start the Uber for charities. And then they asked me like, well, what is that? And I started describing it. And as I was describing it, I basically described donoracy. And then I hung up. I was it was a Skype conversation. I hung up the phone and I, I went to my computer and I typed out this document describing like what the Uber for charity would look like. And I still have that document to this day, and it's basically like what C is. It's crazy that – yeah, and that was like a year ago. It was a little over a year ago.
1: It's an amazing thing, especially today with all the technology we have. If you have an idea for something and you lay it out in your head and you think, well, someday I'd love to create this this Uber for charity. It only takes one extra little light bulb to make you realize, <laughs> wait, why, why, does someday, why can't someday be today? Why can't I just sit down and do that? Uber already exists. Charity already exists. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, this technology is here now. There is nothing really to stop you other than doing it.
0: I totally agree. I think that's one of the things like I don't think I could have done this five years ago, 10 years ago, probably like probably even three years ago. I don't know. But there's like so many available technologies where you can build things for a lot cheaper than you could even like three years ago. Honestly, like the the technology we have today is, is incredible and the ability to build things um, that can scale massively. Uh, it exists like never before.
1: Now, how exactly does Donor C work? Why don't you just break down step one when someone goes? I, I just downloaded it the other day and it's extremely easy to sign up, which to me is very important with an app because today there's so many things to distract us, so many different ways we can contribute to different things. If it's not easy, you can lose somebody really quick, but I downloaded it within two seconds, literally. I hit the sign up with Facebook and I'm already in there, so it's definitely easy to use, easy to get started, but how does it all work once someone gets in there, signs up? How do they go about sort of donating to charities. How does the whole system work?
0: Yeah, well it depends on, on who you are. There's, there's people who sign up and they just they enjoy going through the through the projects and sometimes they spend ten minutes looking through projects, sometimes they spend an hour, and we have all these metrics that track that. But people end up spending a lot of time just like looking through different projects. Um, if you're if you're new to donorcy and it's kind of like a new app for you, I would recommend like right when you Load it up and, and you log in. There's this staff picks section, and the staff picks section is all projects that we've we've not only vetted, like the, the money's money is going to the right place, but the money is also going to be used very very effectively, and it's going to be deployed by aid workers who are very very experienced. So th- we always those are the types of projects that get put into our staff picks section. We also have like a global feed, and that's a whole different story. But if you're new to donors, to the staff picks section is kind of where you wanna uh, where you wanna get started. And so there's some people who they they, they go through and they want to just try it out they donate a dollar they donate five dollars just to see like what it's like and that's cool like i i encourage people to, to do that even if you just donate a dollar you will get feedback on where that dollar went um but then there's people there's and this happens every day there's people who come through and and they'll fund somewhere between like five and ten different projects or even uh, even up to 15 in in their first day and when i say fun i mean like they'll give five dollars to each or they'll give some some multiple to each of those projects, and the reason people enjoy doing that is because then they get the feedback on those ten to fifteen projects over the next few weeks, and they get little updates here and there. And it's a very fun experience for all of them. So um, it depends on who you are, but I I would just say find something that that speaks to you. Everything is super low price and high impact. So whatever you do, you're going to make a, a big difference in people's lives.
1: Is that what you would say is one of the bigger differences between how DonorsChoose operates and how Government charities or NGOs or even many large private charities operate in that you get, you can actually literally see almost in real time, uh, you know, how your money is working and, and who it's helping and, and how it's actually affecting lives. Whereas, you know, if I write a check to some major charity, I, I, maybe I, I'm, I know that they have the check. And that's about <laughs> the end of, that's about the, yeah. as much information as I'm going to get.
0: Yeah. So the, the typical experience when you go, when you donate to charity is you donate to them, they don't tell you where the money went and then, a week later, maybe a month later, they just ask you for more money. And that's your relationship with that charity. So it's not fun. It's not engaging. And you you do it because you feel guilty. Um, on the other hand, with DonorSea, every dollar that you give, even if you just give $1, you're getting to see where that money goes. Um, and often it's very compelling. Like, okay, this morning, um, there was a guy who there was a, a project for uh, a community that, that wanted a, a basketball hoop in the Philippines, like a, a poor community. And um, the so it was like a forty-five dollar thing, forty-five dollar project. Someone, someone came along, and I think his name was Jorge. He he came along and he um, donated the forty-five dollars. And uh, four days later, the basketball hoop is standing up they took a little video of it they showed they showed the community members like shooting hoops for the first time and to take it one step further um they wrote jorge's name on the basketball hoop so this basketball hoop in the middle of the philippines has the donor's name on it which is like kind of weird but also like kind of fun at the same time but that's like that is like 45 dollars like that type of feedback on a 45 five dollar gift is unprecedented. There's like, tell me any other charity in the world where, where they'll give you that, pres- that amount of uh, detail on, on where your money's going. Usually, um, if you want to get like specific feedback on, on how exactly your money's being spent, you have to donate like half a million dollars. Like World Vision has this thing where if you donate half a million dollars, then they'll tell you, oh, it's going to go to this village and we're going to do these things with it and, and so forth. But with see, it's any, any amount of money, you get feedback on it.
1: That's just mind-blowing that you would have to donate a half a million dollars to an organization just to find out where that money is even going, whereas you can donate a dollar through C and you see exactly where it goes to. Are, are there any some, – some of the – Bigger success stories that stand out to you, maybe something that strikes you personally, or just s- scenarios where you, you, this, maybe this certain funding would not have happened without Donor C. Or is there, is there a story or two that just stands out as particularly inspiring?
0: Yeah, there's, there's quite a few. Um, I, and it's like I could pick one almost every day, which is like, a- one of the things that makes my job pretty awesome. But I, I think one of the things that I, one of the ones I talk about a lot um, for all sorts of reasons is there is this, there is this girl who was crossing a river um, somewhere in Africa and she, uh, she's like a seven year old girl I think she went to go get water for her family, so you know how like in Africa they carry like water they'll go to the they'll go like fill up a, a bucket with water and they'll carry it on their head and so she's like walking through this r- river with water on her head and she doesn't see um like you have to have very good posture and your chin has to be like high up when you're carrying it this way so she didn't see this crocodile in the river like right next to her a crocodile comes up and bites her in the torso and there's some there's two guys who are working nearby that the two guys come. Uh, dive into the water, grab the girl, uh, wrestle the crocodile away. The crocodile swims away, and they they bring her back on the shore. Oh, uh,
1: before we even get into the charity, first of all, these guys are heroes. Oh yeah, who jumps into uh, to the water and wrestles away a crocodile? <laughs> <laughs> these guys deserve deserve a medal or something. But
0: yeah, I know. I really should find out their names or whatever or something because that is a very good point. I, I usually gloss over that, but these guys they're they're ballers. I mean, they're they fearlessly like went and uh, took on the crocodile. Um, so yeah, and, and, and obviously they saved this girl's life. This, uh, and there's pictures of this on Donercy. You have to like, you can, you can go on Sea and search crocodile and you'll find this girl's story. And if you click, click around, you'll find, you'll see like the gashes, but I mean, this is, it was a, the crocodile had its entire mouth around her, her chest. Um, so she gets back on the shore. And usually what would happen is either she goes to like a witch doctor or her family just takes her back to the village and they wrap her up and she dies later that night. Something like that. You know, it's, it's usually a very sad situation whenever someone gets attacked by a crocodile. However, there was an aid worker nearby named Nicole. She had her phone. She had her donor C app and she took a picture of the girl um, who had just been attacked and almost instantly got the money that that was needed to, to take that girl to the private, the local private clinic and get her the, um, the proper treatment. So that was one of those disconnect stories, right? So the, the facility was there. There, there just needed to be enough money to get her there and to pay for the, the, the bills in this particular case, a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks is a ton of money to someone who's living on a dollar a day. But, um, to raise that money on donor see it, it takes almost no time. And most of the time on donor see it takes like a few hours. In this case, I think it was, it was like a few minutes. Um, but either way, like that girl's life was saved because Donor C intervened and, um, and this girl, Nicole was able to facilitate all that. So that's one of my, that's one of my favorite stories.
1: Wow. That's really amazing. One more thing I want to ask you, Grant is, um, how does this work? I mean, is this your full-time gig now? I mean, does this, is there any kind of profit-taking that, that comes out of there to actually support, you know, yourself and any of the, the people that work on this?
0: Yeah, so um, we're venture capital-backed, which means we're mostly taking from from that money at the moment. Like, we have investors who have invested in us so we can build, like, a really good platform. And we're continuing to get more investors uh, so we can continue to do that. We, are, we Our business model will uh, someday be sustainable it's not at the moment but the idea is is we we take a small um commission off of every gift given so on like GoFundMe or on kickstarter they take five percent we happen to take four percent and that's just how we that's just like the amount that we chose to do um but yeah that's the that's the basic idea that's going to help us keep the lights on in the long run at the moment it's not even close to paying for um paying for all of the the tech expenses that we have, but that's that's how it's going to work long run. And how
1: does that 4% compare to, say, the operating costs of an NGO or a major private charity? I would love to answer that
0: question, but the truth is, like, okay, you, you can go to this, um, there's, there's websites where you can go to and you can type in, like, a charity and, and they'll tell you how much is spent on project expenses versus how much is spent on admin expenses. So if you, like, type in the Clinton Foundation, it says something like 80% goes to projects, 20% goes to admin. And the truth is that number is, like, pretty much a big fat lie. There's there's no um there's no way 80% is actually 80% of the money donated to the Clinton Foundation is actually being spent like helping vulnerable people in the third world. That's not happening. Um what that means is the uh if like the plane ticket over there and the hotel and the SUV that, that they're paying for to the, 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 the like super nice Bill land Rover security
1: SUV. detail. That's all yeah, right. exactly
0: like all this stuff is being lumped into, into that 80%. And then they're just calling it a project expense. So like even, so like a lot of, like a good charity would maybe be like um, 85, 15. And, but even then it's like, well, I don't think it actually 85% is actually going there. I, I would say, I mean, I hate to be the, the pessimist, but I would say in i'm i'm i I consider myself somewhat of an expert on this because like I ran the charity two years ago and uh I lived in the third world and I saw how things were operating then and so i I would say like I would say less than fifty percent sadly enough,
1: wow, and if that's even close to accurate, then you know donor sees 4% is as, as a pittance because you know, it, I mean, we, we can factually see through the app that that money is going directly to the people who need it so I think it's really an amazing see- thing that you've done here, Gret. And uh one more story I actually want to touch on uh, because as I mentioned at the top of the show you uh, you actually worked with the listeners of Tom Wood's program and to fund a project and within a couple of days the whole thing was funded. So why don't you tell us about this house that you got built uh, for a widow um, who was, I believe was raising several grandchildren and and didn't even have a house to do it in.
0: Yeah, so that was um, that was back at, at, at the early days of donors. We've been around for like six months now, so I, I remember I was on the Tom Woods show just briefly after we launched. Um, and the Tom Woods audience is super generous, and they uh, the whole thing happened organically. I was on Tom Woods show, and um, there were a whole bunch of of. Projects and like the staff pick section, and for some reason, a bunch of the listeners found this one project and started sharing it with each other. And and they would like they would leave, uh, they would give their donation, and they would say, "Hey, I'm from the Tom Woods show, um, just so you know." And and then over time, like the Tom which Tom Woods like shared it on Twitter, and the thing got funded super quick. And and that wasn't the only thing that got funded, but that was one of the that was one of the things. It was just like this organic thing where like everyone who, who gave to this one house uh, built this house um, from the Tom Woods show. And then we, and then they got to see, like we took video of the house going up and we took video of the widow moving into the house for the first time. It was like, it was a fun thing. Um, and it was cool. And, and Tom Woods was, was really proud of it. And you know, I, I'm, if you've listened to his podcast, you know that he, he's a huge fan of donor C. So yeah, I'm the Tom Woods community is awesome. They've done a, a great job.
1: All right. And you guys know, I love Tom Woods. He was on the show last week. Uh, and it's no secret. He's got one of the biggest platforms for libertarian podcasts, but we got a pretty good one here too. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about my audience and their level of enthusiasm here. So I want to, I want to put out a challenge as well for my audience. After the show, Gret, we're going to find a project to fund and we're going to put the challenge out there. So stay tuned after the interview and uh, I'll give you guys a little more detail about a special project that you guys can help fund directly. And we're going to try to make the Lions and Liber- Liberty listeners Find a project that we can just directly fund, just like Tom Woods did. So, and we can maybe help prove out there that, you know, what, what they always say about libertarians, the, the biggest criticism is, oh, they're just, they're just heartless. They don't want to help people because we want to look at other methods other than co- government coercion to fund charities. And, and you know the biggest, biggest criticism out there is that people say, well, these things would just wouldn't get funded. Nobody would get help. Uh, you know, you can, you can talk at the talk all you want, but you guys will never walk the walk. So I want to, you know, Show people that we can actually walk the walk. Obviously, you've already shown it through the Tom Woods Show. We're going to do it here at Lions of Liberty, too.
0: That sounds great. Love it.
1: Cool, Grant. Before I let you go, I want you just give everybody one more go around about how they can find out about DonorSea, how they can get the app, and how they can find out about all the great work you're doing out there.
0: Right. So if you're at your computer right now, you can just go to donorsee.com and check out the site that way. But if you have your smartphone on you, I would highly encourage you to just go like, go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and download the donorsee app because that is like really where the best experience is. That's where you get the videos and all the updates straight to your phone. You can donate very easily. Everything is just super easy from the app. The website works fine. The app is like the most instantaneous experience. And if you want, um, there's a search feature on donorsee So ser- type in my name, Greg Glyer, and you can follow me. And then any time i post new projects you can uh give to those or just see how those are going um and then if you want to follow me on twitter at gret Glyer and then
1: at donor c gret glier again the app is donor c gret keep up the great work thanks i will all right folks i hope you enjoyed my conversation with the inspiring if you ask me gret Glier, a guy who really has dedicated his life to helping people, to finding people out there in the world who are in need and connecting them directly with the people who can help them. And this is where you guys come in because, you know, there's a reason I didn't have an ad in this show. There's a reason I'm not going to do Letters of Liberty today. I want you to focus on one specific thing. And that is funding a house. We did actually find a project off air uh, for a woman in Malawi. She is a homeless elderly woman and she currently doesn't have a home. She just kind of sleeps uh, wherever she can. And I'll link to the post uh, with this video in it. But the lady's name is Akudzawani Meke. She is from Malawi. She is homeless. And the best part about this is is it's very easy to have this woman not be homeless because right now it's actually less than $500 left that it takes to get this woman in a house, to build this woman in a house. And I already started this, all right? So when I first came upon this project, it was just under $600 that was needed to fund this house for this woman. I donated $100, so I got this thing started for you guys. I want the Lions of Liberty listeners to fund this house this week. Let's get this thing done. Let's show people out there That libertarians are charitable, first of all, and that free market solutions, apps like DonorSee, can be more efficient and get help to the people in need, more so than a lot of the government charities, a lot of the taxation methods, the ways that progressives and other people out there insist we must do because it's the only way to help people. Well, I actually think there's better ways to help people, and I think that Greg Glyer has invented one of the best. So please, let's get together on this, guys. Let's even if if everybody on this that listening to this program right now donated a dollar, even a dollar, we could buy four houses, four houses right now. I'm only asking you to buy one to buy one. And because I got you guys started, I already put in one hundred dollars to get this thing going. Less than five hundred dollars are left so we can easily do this thing. There's no reason we can't. So I want you guys right now to whip out your phone. Type in Donor C in your app store, whatever phone you use, whatever device you use. Type in Donor, D-O-N-O-R-S-E-E. Download that puppy. It is so easy to sign up. You won't believe it. Before you know it, you'll be on there. And then to find this specific project, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can search Gret Glyer and look at his page, and uh, you'll see that's the only unfunded project on his page. You can also search for me, Mark Clare, and that's the only project you'll see on my page. So either of those methods, you can use a dollar, $2, heck, $5. $10? $100? $10? $100? Whatever you can do. But I put my money where my mouth is, and I'm putting my time where my mouth is by dedicating a whole episode specifically to this cause, and I'm hoping you guys out there can help us get this thing done. If you do donate, please leave a comment over at over at Donor C that you came from Lions of Liberty. Maybe tweet something out. You can share this on Facebook. You can share it on Twitter. There are so many easy ways to share these projects with other people, so that's what I'm really going to ask you guys to focus on this week, and we'll get back to our, our normal hawking of everything next week week. Until next time, guys, though, please do check out Donor C. Please do help us fund this very special project. Now, next week, I've got an exclusive interview with Libertarian vice presidential candidate Judd Weiss. If you're a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride, you've already heard it because I released that interview early and commercial free to paid supporters of this program at, at the $5 or higher level. So if you want to hear it now. Go ahead and go on over to lionsofliberty.com slash support and join this thing. In the meantime, be sure to tune into all the great shows here at Lions of Liberty. On Wednesday, Brian McWilliams will be back with another dose of comedy, culture, and liberty with Electric Liberty Land. And, of course, on Friday, Felony Friday with John Odermatt. And until next time, guys, live long and live free.